in the moment being shy like I, I was excited about it but I was so scared yeah <laughs> I remember um Lindsay Horan's a couple of years older than me okay. and she grew up at my same club and my coach wanted me to train with their team and I stayed in the car till the absolute last minute <laughs> I'm like dad don't make me go don't make me go come on even though I wanted to I just was so scared yeah. um and and looking back on it I'm so glad that they pushed me out of my comfort zone That was Jordan Baggett of NWSL's Racing Louisville talking about growing as a player and person by facing her fears, taking advantage of opportunities, and believing in herself. And I'm Julianne Dietz, and I want to welcome you to the She Dreams and Goals podcast, where soccer dreams come alive and goals are just the beginning. This podcast is all about empowering girls to use their passion for soccer as fuel for on-field success and a lifetime of wellness. In each episode, we'll talk to stars from the NWSL, health experts, and performance coaches to unlock their secrets to success and discover what it takes to be the healthiest soccer players and people we can be. In this episode, we're talking to Jordan Baggett of Racing Louisville. And what can I say? This was another incredible episode. Jordan was so generous with her time, spending nearly an hour with us, sharing her ideas and experiences. And I don't know if I've ever met a player with a healthier and more inspiring mindset. And Jordan definitely speaks from experience. In addition to her work in the NWSL, Jordan won an ECNL National Championship with her Colorado Rush Club team, featured with the U20 and U23 national teams, won a college national championship with Stanford University, and was a National College Player of the Year finalist. When it comes to playing soccer, that's about as good as it gets. And she also shares some great advice for handling adversity, such as dealing with injuries. But you don't have to take my word for it. Elizabeth, what did you think? I thought Jordan was amazing, and I love that she was able to stay positive and come back from all of her injuries, and is still such a great player. All right, so whether you still pack a soccer bag full of shin guards and a ball, or the weekly carpool full of fierce young female soccer players, I hope you'll join us each week to explore how we can achieve our dreams both on and off the field. Elizabeth, kick us off. Welcome to the She Dreams and Goals podcast. Okay, anyway, we got off on a tangent. Yeah, I I hit record, so... Um, so we're going to get started. Thank you so much for joining us, Jordan, on the podcast and in Louisville. We're so excited to have you as our guest and as part of our home team. Thanks. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Um, so the, the goal of this podcast is to support young girls with big soccer dreams, find success on the field, and live a lifetime of wellness. I was hoping we could um, take your journey all the way back and you can tell us a little bit about why you started playing soccer and what that experience was like. Okay, yeah. Um, I grew up in Colorado. I have an older brother. He's three and a half years older than me. And growing up, whatever my brother did, I wanted to do the same thing. So he played soccer. I, as soon as I could, started playing soccer. I think I started when I was five, five and a half. And I played for the same club as him. I played for the Colorado Rush. And my youth club experiences are some of my favorite soccer memories, like Mm. ever. Um, They're still some of my best friends. I I got married a year and a half ago. And and still, I think I had four teammates from club that were in my bridal party. That's awesome. Um, So kind of what it was like. Um, I grew up in a club that was an awesome development space. They just really focused on you as a player, but also as a person. They offered a lot of resources. Um, They kind of had a mentorship program with older players. And so um, I just was so lucky to fall into and to be a part of that club. 
Growing up, my memories, I think when I was 12 was when we started to travel and it was considered competitive soccer. Um, before that, I played just like with the same team. I think we had been playing together from 5 to 12 and then from 12 to 18 was when you went competitive. You had your tryouts. Those teammates, um, we would spend almost every day together. You're training five, six days a week at that point. They're the ones that we would travel to away tournaments with. And at that point, you would travel with only like two parents with you. So it was kind of like you traveling with your best friends and you got to play soccer, which we all love to do. And then afterwards, we were hanging out playing card games or we would travel a lot to California or to um, actually Las Vegas randomly. And so we would go to like the roller coasters in in Las Vegas or to the beach in California. Um, And I think that's what I remember a lot of the soccer moments. But more than that, I think I remember a lot of the off field memories and moments with my teammates. Um, And then from there, we just love soccer. So if we weren't playing with our, our rush team, our competitive team, we ended up finding like a 3v3 league. So all summer we would play 3v3 with those same ta- same teammates and then in the winter in Colorado it's really rainy or snowy and so we would play futsal like indoor and play in tournaments and um, it was just a really fun environment it was really empowering environment to just um, play good soccer to have fun um, you were never kind of reprimanded or, or yelled at for making mistakes it was like a freedom um, to play and to express yourself and it was kind of like if you had a really hard day like sweet I get to go to soccer and that was kind of an escape at least for me speaking yeah. on my behalf like soccer was my escape growing up and it was just the fun thing that I could always look forward to it sounds like you really dove into it and you loved it and like the variety sounds really great like doing the 3v3 and the futsal and I think that's one thing us having lived in Switzerland and then coming back to the U.S that my kids miss a little bit going to the park and just playing soccer for you know five hours with anyone that wanders by whether it's a 15 year old or a seven year old right having those opportunities but it sounds like you were really with the rush you were really in a community that really made soccer you know fun and part of your everyday kind of life experience yeah it definitely was and I I talked to other teammates um at this level and I realize now that that isn't what it's like at, at every club. And so I realized how fortunate I was and how lucky I was. Even when I would we would train, um, I just really can't speak highly enough of my coaches that I grew up with. Um, they were there to support you, but also to push you. And um, I was a shyer kid growing up. And so at some age, I think maybe 14, was when my coaches kind of like pulled me aside and said, we think you can go far in this sport and um, you haven't reached your full potential. And so at that point, they were really encouraging me to train with older girls and with the boys team, um, which in the moment being shy, like I I was excited about it, but I was so scared. Yeah. (laughs) I remember um, Lindsay Horan's a couple years older than me and she grew up at my same club and my coach wanted me to train with their team. And I stayed in the car till the absolute last minute. I'm like, Dad, don't make me go. Don't make me go. Come on. Even though I wanted to, I just was so scared. Yeah. Um, and, and looking back on it, I'm so glad that they pushed me out of my comfort zone. Those were the moments that I think I grew the most. And I would get more comfortable. It was just a repetition and exposure to it. The more I did it, um, the more I felt more comfortable. The girls were really nice and welcoming and 
and more than that, playing with bigger, faster, stronger girls and boys, I helped me become a lot better player and a lot more confident um, in myself on and off the field. Yeah, I think that, you know, getting outside your comfort zone a little bit, especially if you're a more quiet person, can be really, really challenging. But once you kind of make that step, first, it's, sometimes it's just that first step, right, of getting out of the car. We've had those moments, you know, where we're like, go over there, you know, talk. And I remember being a player and, like, feeling nervous about that. Um, so, yeah, that's great. And so it sounds like playing with older, better players really pushed you to be kind of the best player that you could be. And it sounds like you attribute a lot of that to your club's approach. Could you talk a bit about what it was that made the club environment so special and any other factors that you think empowered you to push your limits? Just their philosophy. It was kind of like, if you want it, you can you can go and train with whatever team you want. You could train all day long. They just were really free and willing to help you and assist you in whatever you wanted out of your soccer experience. So they were the ones that first kind of put it in my head. I feel really lucky. My parents have just been nothing but supportive, um, you know, good or bad after a game. Yeah. They just put your arm around you, give you a hug. I didn't have, I hear I hear stories and experiences of um, parents maybe being harder on their kids about their soccer. And I joke around, I was in college and my mom's like, what, what's it called again when like the ball goes over the line and then the goalie kicks it <laughs> like a goal kick <laughs> and at that point I've been playing soccer for I don't know 12 13 years you know and she didn't but it's I love it and they're just happy for me they're just support me and my team so um it was my coaches and and it was really me I had this huge desire um I just I loved soccer like I would finish school at 3 three thirty, and then I would go to a four to eight be out at the soccer field every single day and it it wasn't anyone telling me to do it it was more me initiating it I just really enjoyed it and it was just kind of like my escape and then I think also like having that and wanting to do that um, my parents were really supportive of it as long as I was able to keep up with the other aspects and demands and and largely that was soccer or my school yeah um it was kind of like we will encourage and support your soccer dreams but your school and your academics come first okay which I'm just so glad that they were like that and I think it just instilled a really good men's mindset and attitude for me um and and is what large played into the school choice I made for college and and just kind of my my bigger outlook of I love soccer so much but um, it's one piece of my life. It's not my whole life. Yeah, and how to kind of manage that and focus on it. But also, you must have been really good at time management and, like, setting priorities. <laughs> I or? learned. I learned okay. how to be. I think that was a great lesson that I learned um, when in those youth days that then just really carried over to, to college and helped me a lot in, when I went to school and was on my own. That's great. So um, it sounds like you're, you know, I know of your club team, right? They're they have a really good reputation. So what were some of the kind of big achievements that you guys had as a team or you had as an individual as a youth player before you went to college? Um, my team, we never won state cup. That was okay. the one thing we were always really upset about. Um, but we did, we joined ECNL um, and we won an, an ECNL championship our first year. Um, and then after that, we would make it to playoffs, but we were never able to get that second trophy um and then individually I was a part of the youth national team system um so I had a lot of good experiences um just playing soccer traveling um competing in 
for your country. It was just yeah. not what was that like? An honor. Um, it was just I felt so. It was such a privilege. Um, it was really exciting. I, it was fun to travel to play at such a high level um, to meet so many girls. I know I think Paige has been on on the podcast mm-hmm. and that's where Paige and I actually first met was through the youth system. Oh, and, that's cool. And to just have her as a best friend now. It was really fun. I, I look back and I try to think, I'm sure I was nervous going into those camps, but I think just knowing you were prepared helped me a lot. And again, there were girls older than me who had gone to camp who would kind of share advice to me and they would just encourage me to be myself and um, that when you get called into those situations, you're there for a reason and to just showcase that and to own who you are and to just believe in yourself. And I think that was a really helpful takeaway. And if I could sum that up, it's controlling what you can control and that's who you are, your preparation and and trusting in that and trusting in yourself in those situations. Um, Because at the end of the day, you can't really control, um, I don't know, who the coach chooses for those camps, the play time you're going to get, even maybe how you're actually going to play. You might have a day where you can't connect a pass, but what you can always control is your work ethic, how you're going to defend and run and and get to every ball. And so I think at those youth camps and in those ages and probably even playing with the older kids, that's where I really started to learn that kind of key takeaway of, control what I can control and let everything else go I love that and I think that probably regardless of what you do in your life that's a useful thing right we can only control certain things we can only control our own behavior um so that's great and I have a question about the national team so um you met Paige you said playing Mm -hmm. so that must be nice now that you guys get to play together oh we were so excited (laughs) it is so fun we had always been best friends and keeping up with each other, but now to just live down the down the hall from each other, um, to be competing and playing together every single day um, and on the same team, that is so much fun. We are just so excited to be here. Um, so it sounds like your youth experience really taught you a lot, and you guys had some, you know, some high moments, you know, getting to be able to play with the U.S. National Youth Program. That's amazing. What about some challenges that you faced? Um, in those youth days? Yeah. Um, I think a big, big challenge for me was stepping into spaces when I was really uncomfortable with the older girls or with the boys and maybe some of those tournament games when college coaches or someone would start to kind of watch you. I would get nervous and and intimidated and being shy. Then I would kind of shut down a little bit and I wouldn't show the best and, and really who I was. Um, And that was definitely a challenge that I'm glad I faced it in those times because it just continues down your soccer journey. And I think what I learned in those moments, I remember specifically, it was the year we won the ECNL National Championship. It was the first game in the playoffs, and I was so nervous because it's win and go on, lose and you're done. Um, And I was invisible. Like, I just didn't want the ball. Mm. I was scared. Um, and, And the team carried us, and we won. And I remember my coach coming up to me and being like, what happened? And I'm like, I don't, I'm just so scared. Like, I, I want our team to win so badly. And he's like, hey, like, that's that's okay, but use it for your good, you know? It's like, the worst that's going to happen is we're going to lose, but you're going to be a lot more disappointed in, in yourself if you don't give it everything you have, if you hold back. If you give everything on that field and you still lose, well, at least you can be proud of your effort. The next day, I made sure to <laughs> be first to every single ball and to take people on and to just play fearless and to enjoy it. Um, I think that's the big thing. It's like, you know what? 
I love soccer and I really enjoy it. And when I'm enjoying my soccer, that's when I'm playing my best. So um, the more I can just really remember what a gift it is to play and, and enjoy it is when I'm able to be my best and to compete. You know, I think it's so important for young players to hear because we all have those moments where we're anxious or scared. And while I think a certain level of nervousness can be good, it's really important that we don't allow it to overpower the joy of playing or take away from our own self-belief. Now, Jordan, I hate to hit the fast forward button because you've had such an amazing youth and college career. As you mentioned, you won an ECNL championship with your club. You played for the U20 and U23 national teams. And we haven't even talked about the fact that you won a college national championship with Stanford and won several individual awards in addition to being named a finalist for National Player of the Year. It's pretty incredible. But I also know that we have a limited amount of time and a big part of this podcast is helping young girls overcome challenges so that they can grow into strong, confident players full of strategies and skills that they can use to overcome any obstacle that comes their way. And I know you've overcome some recent challenges in the form of injuries, yet you've come away with such a wonderful perspective. Would you mind talking a little bit about that? Oh, yeah. Um, I think just uh, I had always had the dream of being a professional soccer player, and so um, to be drafted and to get that call that you are now officially a a professional soccer player was a dream come true. And um, it's just been, again, so fun to um, all the memories, all the experiences um, on the field. The level just continues to get better and better. Um, my rookie year, I stepped into a starting role, it's kind of playing like every second of every game. And I think I took that for granted. And and then my second year, I, I had a bad injury. I hurt my hip. I needed surgery. Okay. Um, and then I had never really had a serious injury. I'd hurt my knee in high school, um, but it was hard. I then was four or five months coming back from my hip and uh, my rehab plan got messed up and I ended up with another injury not even coming back from my hip I then had an additional injury into my hamstring oh wow Um, so then I was out for another six eight months and then I was just coming back from that last year and I had been out by then um over a year and a year and a half maybe at that point and I hit my head and I had a really bad concussion so then um I don't think I was consistently training till maybe last September and so um for someone who got a lot of confidence from their preparation then not really being able to consistently train for two three years um that's really hard because every soccer player you're happiest when you're on the field playing and and not being able to even be available or to consistently train five days in a row um that's been a really hard lesson but I've also learned so much and again I think I go back to I love soccer so much but from an early age my parents taught me like my value wasn't in soccer um and so I think that helped and just knowing how valued I was outside of who I was as a soccer was or soccer player that I can love soccer but it's not my identity helped me a lot I think I learned a lot of lessons on how to advocate and communicate and those again are lessons that I learned when I was in the youth but I applied in different ways I now was communicating with physical therapists and coaches um and doctors I think I learned the value of patience and I just don't take it for granted I am just so grateful to to play and to compete and to have fun and um, so it's helped me to step into these spaces and I don't really feel nerves anymore I just feel excitement and gratitude and um, that's been a huge blessing and lesson um, through my injuries. 
I mean, first off, thank you so much for sharing that. And let me say again how amazing and healthy I think your mindset is. To finally reach your dreams and then have all these challenges thrown at you and still be able to step back and practice gratitude, it's so inspirational. And I know you talked about it as part of that story, but could you maybe summarize for any of the girls listening who may be injured now or may get injured in the coming season, your top tips for getting through it? I would say to really celebrate what you can do. Um, I think it's really easy to look at, I don't know, soccer. You just had surgery and you look at someone playing soccer and it's really easy to be upset that you're not playing soccer, but um, to just control your thoughts and instead celebrate the little victories. And if you can keep that positive attitude and continue to progress in those ways, I think your rehab, it, it all goes a lot faster and you'll be back on the field before you know it. And I think it's good to set goals for yourself but um to not set goals like I'm going to be back on this set date and instead to just set more goals of staying positive or continued improvement and in that way I know that through some of my rehabs I'm like okay this rehab is a six-month journey so on this day I better be fully playing and then when it doesn't happen it's really hard but I think just appreciating your body and, and allowing it to heal and Um, understanding that injuries are part of the game but they're not going to last forever to just know it's a season and in that in that season um, trying to find stuff that will still find you joy Um, and if it's not soccer then that's totally okay then go and find the other thing that does make you really happy I love it and ultimately that's what soccer and being young is all about finding the things that make us happy and finding ways to be happy even when life gets challenging. So thanks so much for sharing that. Um, Now we're going to shift gears into some fun stuff. I know Elizabeth has some questions. I have a fun um, question about the World Cup because that is coming up soon. Um, And then we have a question from a youth player. Um, So I'll start with my question. So what was your favorite past World Cup memory? I remember, I think the U.S. was playing Brazil, and the game was in the morning. I was in grade school, and my mom let me go, my mom and dad let me go late to school to watch it, and they won the game. And I vividly remember being in my red, white, and blue, so excited, and then going to school and, like, chanting, USA, USA. <laughs> I love that. And, and a lot of my teammates didn't even know what was going on. I was like, <laughs> come on, guys. Um, I think that's probably one of my favorite memories. Yeah, I mean, that's something that's so special about the World Cup, and I love that your parents let you go in late, right? There's it there's some moments treat. that, yeah, you get to go in late to school for. Okay, so Elizabeth has a question. Go for it. Can you tell me about the schedule for a road trip? Let's say you're playing Angel City. When do you leave? What do you do there? Do you eat together as a team? And when do you come home from your game? Oh, good question. Um, A typical road trip. So we usually try to train before we leave. So we'll come here. Sometimes we, we come to the facility a little early and train earlier, depending on our flight. Um, and then we come with our suitcases, so we're ready to go. Then from here, we'll go to the airport, fly out. We'll get in usually that evening, have a, a team dinner. We do eat all our meals together, um, which is, again, really fun. That's where I feel like some of your favorite memories come is at the dinner table. Um, you really get to know your teammates, and I think that's pretty cool. And what makes teams better is that you kind of have those relationships off the field, and they are reflected on the field. Um, and then we'll have maybe one or two team meetings to go over a game plan, kind of the starting lineup, our set pieces, 
Um, we'll go for a team walk. Something we do here that's really, really fun is the morning before a game, we'll have a team breakfast, and then we will go and do a team walk and activity. And that's kind of to get our brains going and to get us awake because it's a game day. We got to be ready to compete and go. And so we'll play various games. Um, one of them, you have to catch a football like one handed, and then you have to kick it to the other team and try to beat them. Abby Ersig's really, really good at that game <laughs> on our team. <laughs> um, and then usually on game days, we'll have four or five hours of downtime. And that's kind of where a lot of girls will nap. Maybe they'll talk to their family. Um, you kind of figure out what you need and what's best for you in that time and then um, three or four hours before the game we'll do a team meal together we'll have a lot one last meeting and then we'll get ready to head to the stadium so if we play on a Saturday especially if we're going all the way to California we might leave two days before the game Um, but if it's a closer game we'll leave the night before so if we're going to Orlando we'd probably go train on Friday morning then fly Friday night play on Saturday, and then fly home on Sunday. To Angel City, we'd probably go on Thursday. Cool. Any, yeah. Anything else? No. <laughs> that sounds really awesome. So now we have a question from Hannah, who plays for the Racing Academy program out of Louisville. Hi, my name is Hannah, and I am 10 years old and love playing soccer. My question for you is, what kind of sacrifices did you have to make as a soccer player? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, You know, I probably made a lot of sacrifices, but they sometimes don't even feel like sacrifices. I think I was so excited and and just so passionate about wanting to play soccer that I didn't think twice about the decisions. Um, Looking back, I think when I was in high school, there were a lot of dances that I maybe had soccer games, so I didn't go to them. A lot of times where I would choose a soccer game or soccer practice over maybe doing something with my friends. I think it's a balance. I, I like really always wanted to be playing soccer, but at the same time, um, friends and friendships and relationships are really important. So being able to balance that where I definitely sometimes had to miss maybe a, a friend group hangout or a family dinner or something. Um, but I also made time and made sure that at the when I needed to, that was a priority. I think that's a great answer. You know, no matter what we decide to do in life, there are always going to be sacrifices. But if you're using your free time to do something you love and you're careful about making sure you're finding a good balance because there's definitely such a thing as too much of a good thing, uh, chances are years later when you're looking back, you'll remember all the great experiences you had far more than the party or the dance you might have missed. Okay, one final question. And since our podcast is all about kind of young soccer-loving girls who have big dreams, what is some advice that you would give to your young soccer-playing self if you could? Ooh, that's a good question. I think it would be to just enjoy it, to challenge myself to enjoy every single day um, and to just really take advantage of, of every opportunity I got. Um, I think that sometimes you just put a lot of pressure on yourself and what I've learned is that I do the best when I enjoy myself and I have fun and I um, just make the most of, of my friendships, of my friends, um, and that includes in those moments when you push yourself and you um, put yourself in challenging situations to just enjoy them and to give your best and, and to be fearless in those situations. Okay, that's great. Well, thank you so much for, you know, being here with us. We really appreciate it. We're so excited to have you here in Louisville and uh, excited to see your next game. 
Thank you. Thanks for having me. All right. Thank you all so much for listening. And remember, if you like what you heard, please follow us, which you can do by visiting shedreamsandgoals.com. Follow us on Instagram at shedreamsandgoals. And most importantly, share our podcast with family, friends, and teammates. And until next time, keep playing and keep dreaming. This podcast was prepared by duly authorized members of She Dreams and Goals, LLC. She Dreams and Goals, LLC does not accept liability for any opinions or information of any kind expressed by its guests and hereby makes clear that those opinions do not represent the opinions and or recommendations of She Dreams and Goals, LLC or its members. This podcast is for entertainment purposes only and does not constitute any form of professional advice. Listeners of this podcast should conduct their own extensive research before making any decisions in connection with topics discussed in this podcast. She Dreams and Goals LLC is committed to providing content that is safe and appropriate for all ages. However, legal guardians are ultimately responsible for supervising access by any minor under their care to content produced by She Dreams and Goals LLC. She Dreams and Goals LLC does not make any warranty or representation as to the accuracy or completeness of the information contained in this podcast. To the fullest extent permitted by law, She Dreams and Goals LLC shall not incur any liability in connection with this podcast. This podcast may not be copied, published, reproduced, or redistributed in whole or part without the written permission of a duly authorized member of She Dreams and Goals LLC. For further information, please visit www.shedreamsandgoals.com.